Hey fam, it's me, Cody Lane Oliver, co-creator of Black Love and proud Howard grad. I'm just popping in to say thank you so much for listening and to share a little something that our friends at Target are doing to help uplift the next generation of Black talent. Target is teaming up with HBCUs to create Target's HBCU Design Challenge, where students submit designs to be included in Target's Black History Month collection. Plus, winners also receive a cash prize, equipment, mentoring, and networking opportunities. Make sure you check back during Black History Month to see all of the winner's designs that will be featured in Target's 2022 Black History Month collection. Celebrate your legacy, invest in the future. Together, we are Black Beyond Measure. Visit Target.com slash Black Beyond Measure to learn more about Target's commitment to HBCUs. Welcome to my new BFF part of the Black Glove Podcast Network. I'm Cody Elaine Oliver, mama to three, wife to one, and co-creator of the Black Love docuseries and Black Love Inc. And today I have someone who has been a favorite of mine, like literally forever, as long as I've been aware of you. She is a veteran both in front of and behind the camera and is an all-around marketing guru. You may have caught her conducting interviews with everyone from Essence to XO Nicole and the Recording Academy to social justice pieces for BET and Brio. It is the one and only Dana Blair. Rah! Yay! <laughs> it's so hard for me to hear people say things it's about true, me. It's true, though. Like, it's true. I'm such a know. fan. Like, I'm, ha- I'm happy and I grateful to be your that. friend, but blush. I'm a fan, too. Yes. You're my boo. <laughs> All right, that makes me blush. Thank okay, you. so before we talk about how we met, which I don't even know if I remember, so we're going to have to figure that one. Oh, I do remember. Okay, 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 okay. Before we do that, I remember. I'm all about love. So I want to know who has taught you the most about love in your life, good or bad? Oh, gosh. My parents, who were married for 23 years and they've been divorced wow. now about 24. Um, my parents taught me a lot directly and indirectly about partnership and love. And then I had a crazy ex-boyfriend who taught me a lot about setting boundaries. Unintentionally taught me a lot about setting boundaries. And I'm dating someone now. Hey. Hey, I like it. Who who indirectly is teaching me a lot about communication. And sometimes you're not as healed as you think you are. That's a fact. Come on now. Sometimes we're we're not as healed from most things as we think we are. Yeah, because and also too, like when you're going, you're going, you're going, and you have other distractions. There's COVID. I'm a freelancer, so I'm constantly trying to, you know, juggle projects and pitching myself and family and things like that. Sometimes you think you've moved on from something and you haven't really, just because you're moving on doing other things. So yeah, good. I'm learning a lot. I love that. I love that so much. Um, Okay, so how do we know each other? So just to be clear, Dana, like I said, has been doing all of these amazing interviews live and virtually um, for for a very long time. And I didn't know her backstory, which she'll share a little bit now. But I just saw her, especially with me with this Black Love platform, I would see you um, online doing interviews and just your personality. And I loved your, okay, if y'all don't know, Dana is bald, but her hashtag is long hair, don't care. And I just love it so much. And so just, I saw this energy yeah. constantly whenever I was looking at fun events that I, that I missed. Um, I would see clips and stuff on, on the internet. And we met at a panel that I was on um, pre pre COVID, like, but like a month or so before, right? Like two months, like it was 2020. Was it 2020? Or late 2019? Yeah, somewhere in there. 
I can't tell because LA doesn't have seasons. <laughs> yeah, that part. That part. But yeah, it was like I have no idea. I have no idea. But I know that I thought you were a New Yorker mm-hmm. and I see you at this event and I'm like, oh my God, stay to Blair. <laughs> Which totally caught me off guard because honestly, and people get shocked when I say this, I feel invisible. I genuinely oh. feel invisible. So you were like, oh, your name is Dana Blair. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, we're going to have to unpack invisible Dana. Okay. I was like, yeah. And I'm just sitting there with my cocktail in the corner like, yeah. <laughs> I was so excited to meet you for I was sure. so excited as well. It's always nice. It's flattering. And especially when it comes from people that you respect, you know? So, yeah. 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 So that was, you know, sometime before the pandemic could have been 98, could have been 2019. Who knows? Who knows? So actually, Dana, you and I did this, you know, my new BFF conversation, uh, early quarantine, uh, while we were still developing this series. And of course, we were talking about lockdown and all of that. Right. But, um, you know, now that we're having a chance to do this again, and properly, (laughs) how, how has the last year and a half been for you? Like what has changed since and, and just to recall at the top of quarantine, what I remember was that you were uh, booked and busy. Blessed, I was. Booked and busy. Yes. I on really, the internet. Really I'm not as booked right now. I'm like, hmm, what yeah. do I want to do? So definitely yeah. trying to figure that out and figure out what that looks like because just the landscape has changed so much. And yeah. also if you're just like constantly on social media, you're kind of out of sight, out of mind. And I find social media really draining right now. I find it heavy, especially like being inside and all of that stuff. Um, so I've been taking a lot of social media breaks just for my own mental health. But at the same time, that's not necessarily been the best thing for me work-wise. Mm, um, yeah. so, so that's been a little difficult. But I moved twice in the middle of the pandemic. Yes, you did. Um, so I was <laughs> at first. <laughs> I was I drove across the country to do a pro- start a project in Atlanta. And then this like two from weeks LA later. From LA to Atlanta. From LA. Right? Uh-huh. Yes. And then like two weeks later, the world shut down. I quarantined with my father for like three months. Then I went back into Atlanta. I was there. Wait, wait, wait. Left Atlanta, went to Louisiana to quarantine with your dad. Yes, because I was going to yes. start this job. And then when they were everything was shutting down, I was like, I'd rather be quarantined with my dad, with family, just from you know mental health reasons and health reasons yeah. um, versus like signing a new lease and all of that stuff. So just... For yeah. various logistical reasons. And um, so then I went, I was in New Orleans for three months. Then I went back to Atlanta, finished out my contract. And then I was like, the world's still shut down. Everybody's doing everything from their living rooms. I've always wanted to live in Chicago. I've mm-hmm. loved this city since like 2008 when I had my first big girl marketing project here <laughs> with John Bon Jovi. It's a long story. Hey. Okay. Um, <laughs> and... So I was like, okay, I'm going to move to Chicago for a little while and see what that's what it's about. And that's and yeah. so that's where I am now. Okay. So that's a Checking lot though. That's a whole this. that's a whole year and a half of life that happened just then. And yes. I want to there's a lot of things I want to like revisit and unpack. Okay. So if I recall at the top of quarantine, I mean literally like Exo Nicole, The Grio, like countless outlets were had you interviewing celebrities for various reasons. And in political conversations like I mean, you were, I was seeing you everywhere. And I, and I feel like what I remember you saying was that, that that was like humbling. Like you were very happy about it, but you were also like, you know, 
a little nervous, like what's next? What does this mean? What does my career look like? Right. And so how do you feel like, and then to hear you say that sometimes you feel invisible. So I really want to talk through this. How do you see yourself and your talents? I feel like I'm finally comfortable saying I'm really good at what I do. Mm -hmm. Okay. I like it. I am very good at what I do and I bring a unique skill set to what I do. I have theater training and dance training background, business background, and that improv and ability to be able to think on my feet as well as I make people feel very comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable now saying I'm good at what I do before I was like, I didn't want to come off bright braggadocious and you know, that kind of thing. And, 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 and sometimes I question my, myself as well, because, you know, you look, I don't know if anybody else does this, but oftentimes you look for external validation as to whether for or not sure. you really are good at what you do. For you sure. know, if you're not getting called for certain jobs or you're getting certain pushback on certain things. So it was very humbling and it helps because it didn't matter if I was in New York or LA, nobody had to fly me in. I could do everything yeah. in my, my living yes. room. But at the same time, you're constantly thinking about what's next. I'm not represented by anyone. I'm not considered big enough in terms of a mm-hmm. social media following. So you're, you're figuring out how, how long do I continue to pursue this? Yeah. You know, what do I want for my life as a whole? I'll be 40 in December. Like I'm thinking about all of these different things, short term and long term. And so, yeah. It, and, and I'm an overthinker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also overthinker. I will overthink something to within an inch of its life. Yeah. Well, I think too, what you're saying is probably a parallel for a lot of like entrepreneurs um, and creatives, right? And especially in this social media society, like what I'm hearing you say, and I feel the same way, like sometimes you just don't want to be on social media, but in order to do some of the things that we do, you have to have a presence, you have to be consistent. And so how... Do you feel like it's realistic to continue to do the things that you love and not cultivate that part of your branding, you know, social media? No. Okay. No, I think there are very few people who could do that and they have to reach a certain level. Like a Dave Chappelle can do that. Yes. Because he reached that level pre- Social media, exactly. yes. Free social media and because he has such a following. And yeah. Oprah could do that. If Oprah wanted to disappear off of social true, media. True. Like, you know, I think there's certain, a Beyonce every now and then pops up and gives you some pictures with no caption. And she don't follow nobody. She just- Exactly. She's like, you're going to take this picture. Yeah. Boom. But she, you know, there's there are a few celebrities and, and I think yeah. people who could do that. I think if you're a freelancer, if you're um, an entrepreneur- Social media is just a part of your, of of the DNA of of success now at this point. Oh man. And it's difficult because I work other projects as well. So like behind the scenes and that sort of thing. So I don't have the bandwidth during the day to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, real, you know, and just be normal. Yeah. And be (laughs) healthy and happy because that's what really matters. Right. And then you're trying to respond to everyone's comments. And then every now and then you get that troll with the picture. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a whole extra job. Listen, I'm trying to like figure out the way, because to me, from what I'm hearing you say, from my own experience, like it feels necessary. If you want to be successful in 2021 at something other than a nine to five, and I don't mean that like, you know, working at the grocery store, I mean anything, right? Like you got a job that somebody pays you, then fine. Mm hmm. But even then, a lot of times, oh, you got that construction going on, huh? 
Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, they're doing construction upstairs. I apologize. All good. All good. Usually it's my it's, kids. It's not gas man. or anything. <laughs> it's not me. That's it's a good me. clarification. Just want to let people know. But I do feel like social media is this horrible, necessary thing. And the horrible, like I think social media has a lot of gifts, right? You can certainly populate your feed with only beautiful things. And I mean, beautiful from the inside perspective, right? You can populate your feed with Mm -hmm. therapy and positivity and fitness, yada, 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 and like just be motivating. But you know, the whole algorithm is designed to keep us there forever and trap us into seeing all the things we don't want to see. And that's where it becomes challenging. In addition to what you said about the trolls, but it is this necessary part of Building any brand, cultivating an audience. I've met with so many different casting people who love me. Yeah. And they're like, you have the skill set, but you know, your following is not six figures. Mm. And and I've been told that multiple times. And I'm like, well, I could buy my following Mm -hmm. because people do that. Or you could say you want to introduce new talent. And that is me. Mm -hmm. I can't but there's only so much, there's only so much you can do. So that gets frustrating and you feel like your hands are tied. And then if you take a social media break, then the algorithm will also stop showing you as frequently in the feed. So it's like, you really fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like a, yeah, it's a love hate relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Love hate relationship. Okay. So, you know, I think you're doing some incredible work and I know how important it is to you to interview isn't the word I want to use, but like have conversations, like facilitate conversations Mm -hmm. with interesting people. Cause I won't say celebrities either, cause that's not what it's about, but with interesting people, you know, for the masses, right. I I would say if I, if I understand you, like you don't care the platform as much as like, I want to reach an audience who cares to have like real conversation and hear real people talk. Um, and I think you're Absolutely. really gifted at that. So, and Thank I think you. that you're doing amazing and I'm hearing so much self-doubt. So I'm trying to like pour into you, but ask you like, how did you get in this position? Like, tell us a little bit about, you know, falling into it with essence and cause you were, you went from yes. marketing to interviewing and then like, did you, yes. did you imagine you'd be in this position today? No, I did not. But as I get older, I realize everything in my life, the things that I did not plan have always worked out for me far greater than anything I've ever planned mm-hmm. for myself. But this is not nowhere, nowhere near what I thought I would be doing. I was working in, as an integrated marketing. I was freelancing at the time, actually, at Essence, because I worked full time there, left. I went to Vogue and I had started freelancing because I was working on other projects. So I freelancing like Vogue for a while in Complex. And then I was back freelancing at Essence in the marketing department. And then they were launching a mm-hmm. digital show, which was really innovative because there there weren't like daytime digital talk shows at the time. And all of the time make properties um, were doing it, people and people in Espanol and in style and all of that. And um, two of the marketing execs said, we think you should audition a host. And I was like, no, that's not what I do. I don't. When was I, this? No, that's this was 2014. Okay. This was 2014. And I was like, that's not what I do. That's not what my student loans say I do. <laughs> that was not in my plan. I wanted to create fashion yeah. campaigns. I, w- I was even, I've had my MBA. I even went back to school to Parsons specifically to study fashion marketing and learn that industry and get that stamp of, that Parsons stamp of approval. I was like, that's not, that's just not what I do. 
And I went to the audition and some of, some other folks were there. I didn't even have makeup on. There was like a picture on my on my Instagram. I have like a hat to the side. I have my laptop. I had an RFP due, <laughs> and which is like a marketing proposal that was due. And the moment that light came on, I was like, oh, damn, this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. Wow. That I literally, literally felt that. I was like, I always thought that didn't exist. You hear celebrities say it and you're like, yeah, you can say that. But you make millions of dollars. Of course you feel like this is what you're supposed to do. Right. But I was like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. And then I said, okay, you have to put certain things in place because if you're going to do this, then you need to jump fully in. So I cut back doing marketing. I was doing the show full time. And then I was getting calls here and there, you know, commentate on this and appear on this. And, and things just slowly started evolving. Every time I do something to the next level, though, I, I have this like anxiety yeah. attack, though. Like the first time I did CNN, I was like, can you really mm-hmm. do this? ABC, I did their Emmys for your consideration day for Grey's Anatomy and Blackish. And I was like, I'm literally standing on the Disney at ABC Disney. And I'm like this, holding my little cards. And Tracy Ellis Ross looked at me and she's like, are you okay? <laughs> and I've interviewed her before for Essence. She's like, you okay? And I said, I don't, I don't even remember what I said. So it was something along the lines of like, being a little nervous or, or, or questioning, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm a little nervous. She's mm-hmm. like, oh, you got this. Her and Jennifer Lewis, they're like, oh, you got this. And I was like, okay. I feel okay. like that's a, that's a good, you got this. Tracy Ellis Ross and Jennifer Lewis. Yeah. I can hear that. Yeah. And I was like, but even going back to feeling invisible, I remember I'd interviewed her for Essence and she was great. We had like a great segment and all of that. Fast forward. That was like maybe two years prior to this mm-hmm. Emmys day. We're all in the green room and all of Blackish is in there and Grey's Anatomy and then like station, like just all the ABC shows are coming in and I'm standing in the corner and she waves to me and I was like, oh my gosh, she remembers me. She see, even sees me in this room. Like yeah. I always just feel like I'm like, a, I don't know, like an FBI agent. I don't know. Yo, it's also a weird, it's a weird industry, a weird yeah. place, right? Because... I, it, it's easy to feel that way. I'll put it that way. It's easy to it's feel, easy that, to feel way. that way. And, and there, cause there's so many not letting there's so many. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so you never imagined yourself to be in this position still doing interviews now or, or what? Um, I always felt I would still, I would be, I would be doing interviews, but mm-hmm. it's like, it's like acting, you know, you have some actresses and actors who they'll book three or four movies and then they may or may not work for five, 10 years. Yeah. You know, and then the next movie they do all of a sudden is an Oscar winner. Like, yeah, it's the ebb and flow of the industry that I wasn't prepared to get back into. When I was dancing um, as a professional dancer, like you're used to that. You go to an audition. Sometimes you book something. You can hear no eight times a day. It's a muscle that you train. Yeah. And then I lost that practice in corporate America. And so now people are are judging. They're judging me. You know, it's, it's, you asked the wrong question. You said the wrong thing. It's not Dana pretending to be someone else or being able to hide behind my computer. It's literally me, you know? So you feel more vulnerable, definitely more vulnerable. And I thought my career would be in a different place in space. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, it creates some self-doubt. It creates some self-doubt. And, and sometimes, especially in entertainment, you're asked to compromise yourself in certain ways that you may or may not be willing to do. So it makes you question a lot of things. 
Mm. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, but I want to hear. <laughs> I want to hear more. So I, I want to know from you. What are you most confident in? I'm most, ironically, I'm most confident in. Once the camera goes on, I show up. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I know that. I'm going to show up and do my very, very best. And I'm good at what I do mm-hmm. that I'm very, very confident in. Mm-hmm. It's after the cameras are gone. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's a, it's a drug. It's a drug. Yeah. It's, you have this high and, yeah. and then, then you're like, okay, well now what? Yeah. Is it like the big picture of what does it all mean? Like, I feel like we're crafting careers at this point in. Yeah are uh, whatever, are we millennials? I, I don't consider myself a millennials, but whatever is right uh, before them. Uh, but I feel like 2021 and our mm-hmm. age group, like we're creating careers. And so there's no clear path. And that can lead to this either like excitement, anything's possible, or right. what's next? I'm so nervous. Absolutely. And then even going back to the social media aspect of it, what you see on social media is not always real. Yeah. So you may think, okay, well, there's not really a playbook, but if I kind of look at so-and-so, their playbook, and, and that's not even, that's curated for what mm-hmm. they want you to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I know now that I enjoy a good red carpet here and there, but I just know I want to have more meaningful conversations that can have a little bit more of an impact. Yeah. Not even necessarily like a social impact as much as just like an impact to someone who's watching it who might yeah. feel encouraged or empowered to take the next step on their journey in their dream. I think that that's what's more meaningful to me right now mm-hmm. and what I want to do. I, I, I love to know what someone, so, Oh, who are you wearing? That's fun. But how impactful is that? And that's, you know, that's just me personally. It's not a yeah. diss to anyone else who does it. It's just, I'm like, okay. That's getting stale anyway. I feel like I don't remember the last time I saw those conversations even really happening. And I know they do happen on red carpets, but. Mm-hmm. There's so much right. more now. So much more, but also too, there aren't events. Events aren't happening like that anymore. So how relevant is that content anyway? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Ciao. That's very true. Because it doesn't matter <laughs> what you're wearing because I'm not going anywhere. So I ain't going to go buy right. it. <laughs> right. I'm um, only dressed from the waist up anyway. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I learned, not that okay. I've seen them all, but that you have over 20 tattoos. Yeah, I have a lot. Probably like closer to 30. Wow. Okay. So wait, what do tattoos mean to you? Like, when did you get your first one? What was it? What did it mean? Or maybe look, you might be getting them all because you're just like, I like art. Okay. I like art. No, I got my first one when I was, I think I was like 20 years old, Mm -hmm. 19 or 20. I don't even know why I got it, to be honest with you. It's on my lower back, Mm -hmm. a classic. Mm -hmm. Is that the, the, the triumph stamp that they... It's totally okay. A okay, okay. I'm not it's labeling. Totally, I was just curious if that's no, no, no. Okay, it's totally fine. It's <laughs> it's totally cliche. It's it's Japanese symbols. Mm-hmm. Totally cliche in that regard. Like I don't have a connection, but it, the two symbols are strength and talent. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so I. Um, but all of my tattoos are are meaningful, and they mark different stages or aspects of my life. Yeah. After the first one, I was like, I'm never doing this again. Really? But they're addictive. Yeah. Absolutely. I have I was like, I'm two, never doing this again. So, and I've always wanted Do you more. really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. Did I know that? I didn't know that. I think you know about the one. I, I forget about the other one. So I have one on the back of my neck that says love. 
I often forget because I don't see it, but it's the first one. It has a lot of meaning to me. I got it when I was 25. I got it on my 25th birthday. Um, and my nephew was born. That hurts though, right? It did, but I don't remember it being like, it did not hurt enough where I was like, I'm never doing this again. I was just like, oh, okay. But also I rationalized my whole life, anything painful. I was like, well, I'm going to have babies one day. So I have to take this. Like I have to figure (laughs) out how to be okay with this tattoo on my neck. Cause I'm gonna have a baby one day. Yeah. I need to be able to to toughen up. That was my logic with everything. Um, so yeah, I don't remember thinking that. And then I got one, um, on my ring finger, Tommy and I both have one there and I want more, but I'm super particular about where. And that's fair. People don't know. I have so many until like, I, yeah. Cause they're on the inside of my yes, arms. Love. Yeah. That's funny. On the inside. <laughs> are they all there? Like where are all the places? Tell me all the places. No. Um, so on the back of each ankle. Mm-hmm. So my Achilles mm-hmm. on each side. That hurts. Um, girl. What? One of them I got while I was on answering emails on the phone. Like I, I have a very high tolerance for pain. My friends make fun of me all the uh-huh. time. One was on the back of my calf. That was my New York City Marathon number from the first marathon. Wow. I have like several on my yeah. arms. Like this one is an apple from when I left New York. I lived in New York 16 years and so did that. Like different, I don't know, all over I the love place. It. And, but I'm, and I've gotten them in different countries like Ecuador, Budapest, New Zealand, South Africa, so just different places. Yeah. My ribs, my shoulder. Ribs. Are you crazy? How are you gonna talk to me about the back of my neck and you over here getting bone tattoos? I have one in the middle of my chest. Oh my gosh, I can't fathom. <laughs> but that sounds beautiful. Like tattoos are just so beautiful to me. Yeah, love, yeah, love, so. love, love. Okay, and also yeah. you just casually mentioning marathons. I just I feel like you're so accomplished you're so i wonder do you consider yourself disciplined yes yeah yeah i can i do because i i think um i had zero intention of ever running a marathon ever Mm -hmm. ever in life and then my friend ursula ursula stevens she was going to run to raise money for amber and cc sabathia's foundation the pitch-in foundation and she was like so I feel like i need somebody to do this with me and i think you would do it with me and i was like you signed me up to do what (laughs) <laughs> that was not and i've never even done it like a 5k wow really you just never. jumped into a marathon how much time how much training i started in april marchish april and then the marathon is the first sunday in november oh okay it, yes but like i tried to run a mile the first time i said oh hell no i'm not gonna make it i'm not gonna make it and then it's 26.2 miles yeah and it's running at least five days a week and one day you're doing seven miles one day you're doing and then 10 miles and then eventually though it's like oh i'm gonna knock these three miles out like it just yeah that's amazing and honestly just even listening to you say that not that it's rocket science it's the the brilliance is in the training like it's in training the consistency the the discipline yeah like if you don't even go through with it on the day of you've gained so much (laughs) Oh, I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna do it. Oh, I know. Once yeah. you get to that point, but I didn't I honestly doubted whether I could do it up until like it may have been like three weeks, two or three weeks before the marathon. Wow. The team we ran from New Jersey mm-hmm. across the GW Bridge and all the way down the West Side to like almost Brooklyn, which is like a little over eighteen miles. Yeah. And it's not until I did that, and I was like, oh, you can really do this. Okay. Yeah. So that was it. Yeah. 
That's amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I just feel like discipline is a really important part of life. Absolutely. And I know I struggle with it. I mean, I, I'm using discipline and maybe consistency interchangeably, but I definitely know I struggle. Really? You've done so much. You ha- like Girl. it takes discipline to build your company. Like, yeah, no, you're right. I hear you. It does. But I think things, I think that things should be, could be, would be happening a lot faster mm-hmm. and with a lot more um, strategery um, mm-hmm. if I were more disciplined. And I think my life in the last five years has been extremely eventful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, like literally Tommy and I got married in 2015. We had Brooks in 2016. We had twins in 2018. And oh, it was like wow. all while doing those other things that, yes. you, you know, that you were referencing. And so for me, I'm just now in 2021 mm-hmm. coming out of a pandemic or still in a pandemic trying right. to be like, what's my normal? What is right. my, what should my day to day look like to, to create balance and peace for myself, to create success, not mm-hmm. just fall into it. And I mean, fall into it from the standpoint of like, it's not, it's not like we created black love to be like, this is going to be successful. Like we created Mm -hmm. it strategically, right. Putting things in place so that it could be successful. We created it because we felt like it was important, but how Mm -hmm. can I structure my life to, to consciously create success? Yes. And, and look, I, my hat's off to, (laughs) those people who can create content every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, girl, My that part, off. that part. I don't have that. I, that now when it comes to that, I feel like, I don't feel like I have that many compelling things to say every day. I do. Also, Cause I seen you, but go ahead. <laughs> I want to see you like every single day on social media. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I feel like some of the things, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, do I have something to say every day? And then part of me is like, Dana, you need to wake up extra early and you need to record, record, record. And then you need to post something, which is why I did a couple of months ago. I did this anonymous survey and sent it to some some of my friends. I was like, can you just ask me questions that I can answer this Mm. pressure to constantly churn things out? And it's like, and then I'm my worst critic. I'm like, is this quality or is this just quantity? Mm-hmm. Like I can't, mm. you know, d- differentiate sometimes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So I don't know. Okay. Here's what I'll say. <laughs> here's what I'll say. What we've decided, you and me on this call, is that yes. social media, specifically, I would say Instagram, I mean, probably Twitter, but I'm never there. So that's not, it's, it's a whole leap to try either. to get me over there. But yeah. is a critical part of professional growth in 2021, right? You you will have Absolutely. more opportunities if an audience and potential hos- high, uh, bosses, what's the word I'm looking for? Potential, mm-hmm. whatever, money The givers, decision makers. Yes. Yeah. Um, see you active, see you engaging. So I think we have to hold each other accountable because we are in fields where we can't afford to just like sit back and do nothing. That is true. And I think, and I follow all these people who like give tips and da, 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 da. So I'm going to start sending you things. This girl <laughs> posted the other day, she did six reels in 15 minutes and her tips on how she did it. And I was like, that's totally doable. I don't know if I could do it, but that's totally doable. Whatever. I'm going to send it to you. I'm going to send it to you. But I do think that there are ways that we, you and me, and anyone mm-hmm. who's listening, who's like, oh, social media, but my business is suffering, right? Like we can be a little bit more intentional, a little bit more consistent and a little bit more present. So we have to hold each other accountable. Okay. I can try to do that. Okay. So that means when you ain't seeing me posting a while, you're going to be like, Cody, come on now. 
Come on. I'm, I'm just going to call you out. I'll be like, Cody says I have to post this. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Whatever gets the job done. Like Cody says Okay, whatever gets the job done. Then when you get that next job, they're going to be like, ooh, you've just been so active on social media lately. We have to have you. I know. And I'm like, oh my gosh. It just, I don't know. I don't know. You got this, Dana. I don't even know what I would say. That's okay. We're going to figure it out. Like sometimes it's just like random things that enter my head. And I'm just like. And I love it. I love your random things. <laughs> it makes me so I crazy. totally do. <laughs> I like um, it. I like it. <laughs> I like you. it a lot. Okay. So I want to ask you mm-hmm. what we call beyond the persona question. So what is something that you wish you spent more time doing mm-hmm. five years ago? Being kinder to myself. Ooh, that part. Yeah. I get it. Are you doing this now? I'm, be- I'm a little bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm giving myself more grace. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I wish I would have done that. That as well as being okay with being with letting the confidence I have on certain things be more open. Like, like being able to say, I am good at this. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I would have done that. But five years ago, I was just in such a, a not an unhealthy place. Like I was coming out of a really bad relationship. I was, you know, starting a new career and trying to balance that. Like, what does that look like? What is this new voice? Like, what does this mean to all of a sudden be on camera? Yeah. Like, it's it's yeah. different. So I was trying to figure out a lot of things. Yeah. Okay. Well, then um, social media, once a week, I think you should post something and say, I'm trying to be more kind to myself and then say something nice about yourself. A, it forces you to do it. And B, uh-huh. people will engage with it. And you're encouraging other women to be kind to themselves. Because you know what I discovered? I discovered... There's an assumption because I'm bald or I have a little stubble is that I have this. Yes. Confidence. Infinite amount of confidence. 100%. There's in it. And it's like, but I don't, mm. or I struggle with it yeah. or I have my highs and lows, you know, and maybe, you know what, maybe I'll, I will talk about this and yes. post this today. Yes. Shout out Cody. But it didn't, I mean, it didn't happen that way. When I first cut my hair, it was February, 2012. I beat myself up a lot. I hated the way I looked. I didn't like looking at myself in the mirror. I picked myself apart in ways that were just like, where the hell is this even coming from? Yeah. And now it's just a part of who I am. Mm-hmm. Like it just, I don't even think about it. I genuinely do not think about it. But people ask me all the time, why do you wear your hair like that? Yeah. Or I wish I could do that. I was at a baseball game on Sunday and a guy literally said, you choose to wear your hair like that? And I was like, yes. He's like, oh, I didn't mean anything by it. I was like, mm. yeah. I'm like, wait, somebody that you know or just a stranger? A stranger. Like strangers mm-hmm. do that all the time. Men and women, all ethnicities, ask me all yeah. the time. It's like a big topic of conversation, and it's something I, I no longer think about. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Well, okay. I definitely can see it though, because I think that people look at women cutting their hair as brave. Mm-hmm. And so if you're doing that, then you have an infinite level of confidence. Or they think I'm in crisis. <laughs> yes. Wow. It's honestly one of the two. That's interesting how people attach feelings to your head. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Wow. It's she, you know, people who people who are just meeting me that they think I'm in crisis or mm-hmm. um, I'm asked a lot if I'm sick. I am asked that mm-hmm. a lot. But 
I'm always in like a lip or a heel. That's just like me. Yeah. Nine times yeah. ten. So then it becomes, oh, you're super confident. Meanwhile, I could be in my head tearing myself apart about why I did or didn't get a job or yeah. what I'm what I may or may not do or which guy didn't return my phone call or whatever. You know? Well, that's okay. We found Bay now. We found him. <laughs> um, okay. What is something that you can do today that you were not capable of a year ago? Ooh. Yeah. Besides meditation. <laughs> I know, right? Basically. Basically. Um, meditation. That's huge. Um... Wait, that's no small thing. Don't move on. How did you start meditating? Because I'd be struggling. People have been telling me to meditate forever. A lot of my friends who know me and know that I struggle with anxiety, they've been telling me to meditate. They're like, just journal, just meditate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's hard when you're a person that really struggles with anxiety or you've really struggled with depression to have someone just tell you to write it out. You're like, it's bigger than that, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, or, or it feels so much bigger than that. So I, I, I've always been dismissive of it or I'll sit there and I'll try to meditate and like 10 seconds go by and it feels like 10 hours went by, but I've, I've gotten much better. I can do like 10, sometimes 15 minutes in the morning That's great. Um, to, to just try to calm myself down. Yeah. And that's, say, that's no small thing. No, it's not. It's not easy. It's been very helpful. I find that I handle stress a lot better now because of it. Mm. I know I need to meditate. I know I do. Guided meditations have been helpful. Yeah. Last week I had such a rough week that I, um, actually this was Monday. Uh, I sat on the floor and I listened to Deepak Chopra six minute morning meditation on Spotify. And that's okay. And that's, and that's totally okay. I have a, um, a white noise app on my cell phone Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it'll play like the air conditioning or it'll play like the rainforest. Yeah. And I'll put my phone on do not disturb or I've now forced myself. I was literally just sharing this with somebody else to do it in the shower because in the shower, Mm -hmm. you can't bring an electronic with you. To meditate in the shower. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. To meditate or I'll just like try to clear my mind. (laughs) Am I the only person that gets in the shower and I'll do the things I need to do? And then I'll be like, wait, did I, did I wash myself yet? Like, you know how you might wash your body and then shave (laughs) and then wash your face. And then I'm like, wait, I don't remember. Did I, did I wash myself? Did I do that yet? And then I'll do it again. And I'll be like, wait, this feels familiar. I did it. This is the second time. I do that too. I do that too. I did that before, the, before we hopped on this interview. I was like, wait, did I? Well, or sometimes I'll um, wash my face. Like I'll put, I'll lather and I'll lather and then I'll wash my body. And then I'll get out of the shower. And I still have like foam on my you, face. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's not good. Yeah. Oh man. I or I'll shave that. one leg and not the other. Really? I've done that. No, that's one thing. Because here's the thing is that the shaving and the face washing, there's evidence, right? Like for me, I have a face wipe. I have these um, daily facial wipes. So if I have used it, there's evidence that it was used. So I'm like, oh, I did that, right? Because I don't remember, but I did it. It, The leg, (laughs) you can look down and be like, okay, I missed that one. Let me get that. But the the washing of your body, if you put the loofah in the same place afterward, you're just like, did it happen? Did it happen? You don't know if it happened. I can't, I can't remember, but, but sometimes like, I'm so like rushed or anxious or yeah about things in my day. I'll totally forget. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. I, I, (laughs) I can see how maybe taking a couple of minutes to meditate in the shower is probably a good look for me. Mm -hmm. 
or just breathe, like just breathe, Mm -hmm. just, just even breathing. Like I realized too, that I hold my breath a lot. Yeah. Like just breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Even that can be cathartic. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start doing that too. Um, Okay. So what failure or Mm -hmm. it's like failure is always a tough word, but like what disappointment have you learned Mm -hmm. the most from? Oh gosh. I don't learn from the most. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've had so many disappointments (laughs) Um, that I've learned from the most. Yep. Okay. When I moved to LA, Mm -hmm. which was all by accident, it was not when I left Essence Live, the goal was to travel. I bought this camera and I was just going to travel. For one year, I was just going to interview women and, and find great stories. And I had a potential project in LA that came up that was going to be really, really big. And I ended up staying in LA. I didn't get the job. Now what? Yeah, yeah. And spiritually, I'm like, well, God, you brought me here for a reason. I'm, I'm supposed to be here right now, but it was such a struggle emotionally, mentally, and financially for the next like, couple of years. I was like, what am I supposed to be learning from this? Mm-hmm. It was just disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. Even like getting a job offer in the morning and having them rescind it that afternoon. Say what now? Like crazy. And I was like, I, I was like, oh, I accept. And then like, like it was just so many crazy things mm-hmm. happening. Um, and what I learned from that phase of my life is that I'm going to always be all right. Mm, mm. It gets me emotional just thinking mm. about it. I'm going to always be all right. I have, oh, Cody, <laughs> I have an amazing support system of friends and family who love me and pray for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to always be all right. So, even as I'm in this period of transition right now, trying to figure out what's next and what does next look like, I know I'm going to be all right. Yeah. I know I'm going to be all right. Now, God could hurry up. Because, <laughs> I mean, not to be emotional, but it does fill me that in that way. It yeah. does fill me in that way. Yeah. And not to, um, this is a loaded thing that I'm about to say. And I've known you for a while. I've seen you from afar, and I've seen you up close. But you're kind. You you kind of give me Tabitha Brown vibes. <laughs> and you know, we we recently That's a huge compliment. And I mean it though. We recently had um, our first ever women's wellness retreat where Tabitha spoke with us. She sat down with Melissa Fredericks, and they chatted about her journey, both of their journeys, and both in the sense of your energy, your goodness. You're like always going to say what you what's on your mind, <laughs> but never be hateful or mean, right? Like you're just, you know, you're just positive and kind and funny and entertaining, <laughs> right? Naturally. And that just that part reminds me of her. Right. And then mm-hmm. just the the frequent like we've all had it, but just even the way you're describing your journey and how difficult it's been and just hearing from her this this um, when we had our event at the end of August, just about how arriving so much yeah. later than she planned to, arriving at the quote unquote destination, but being consistent about praying for it and being specific about praying for it and, right. and having people around who, you know, loved her and, and always feeling like I'm all right. 
Yes. So, I, I, you know, I think to me that says something. You, yes. know, you don't have to be like Tabitha Brown to be successful, but you are truly giving me full on Auntie Tab vibes. And so that's that's a huge compliment because I just adore her. And I, I adore, because, you know, I think just trying to hold on to grace and your kindness mm-hmm. and your sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And I'm just a naturally goofy person and just hold on to those things when you're taking hits. Yeah can be hard. Yeah. It can be really, really difficult. And um, I, I'm, I'm thankful, even yeah. for, for the rough moments. I am thankful. And I'm not, I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I think there there's a certain level of, of comfort and courage in knowing you're going to be all right. Yeah. And if you, I'm, you know, I'm not here to preach spirituality to anyone, but if you believe that you're a spiritual being having this human experience, you have to know that you were put here for something yeah. and that you're being brought on this path for something. Yeah. So that's what also helps me keep going. It's just like, okay, what are we going to do today? <laughs> because I, the rent is due. Yeah. The phone is not ringing, you know, and you're pouring so much of yourself into certain things and that may or may not yeah, come, into, come to fruition, you know? I do know. Um, yeah. Yes. Well, I think that, for me, what's important is sharing so that others don't feel alone because what you're describing, I feel, you know, what you're describing, Tabitha Brown has been through, you know, and that, that everyone's seen that journey. Um, and so I thank you so much for sharing your path to success slash growth slash we are happy, but we want to know what's next. And we're working <laughs> toward that. You know, it's, yes. it's important. So I could do this all day with you, but uh, <laughs> I know you busy. And so we have to wrap it up. And before, you know, before we do that, what is next? What is the next thing that we can look out for? Besides you being extremely active on social media. <laughs> well, I actually am working on an interview series for social on social media of just some people that I find, like you said, not necessarily even celebrities, but I just find really interesting who carved out their own paths. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to start that in the next couple of weeks. And I'm, I'm working a little bit behind the scenes on different, like trying to produce different projects. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Maybe I'll grow a ponytail. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I do not know, to be completely honest. And yeah. as an over planner, I think for the first time in my life, I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. Well, this, this series sounds amazing. And so I can't wait for it and it'll be great. So y'all better keep an eye out. Okay. On Instagram (laughs) at just Dana Blair, and that's B L A I R at just Dana Blair. Uh, thank you all for joining us today and making Dana Blair your new BFF because she's already my new BFF. Make sure to tell a friend about the podcast so they can make a new BFF too. See you next time.